You're listening to The Marn Report. Well, hey, hey, Fort Stewart, Hunter Army Airfield, Molly here with your latest edition of the Marn Report podcast. Today, I'm here with some friends from the Directorate of Emergency Services on Fort Stewart and Hunter Army Airfield. I've got Chief Bryant and Captain Burkhart, and we are going to talk about um, many things, many DES updates, but in particular, the second suspension of Trusted Traveler. Thank you both so much for being on the podcast with me today. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you, Molly. Um, so before we start, can you guys uh, give me a little bit of background about exactly what you guys do for the Directorate of Emergency Services? Uh, again, my name is Chief Bryant. I am the uh, Access Control Chief. We basically provide access control for a community uh, to ensure that we are keeping the community safe at all times. Uh, we are the, pretty much the uh, baseline of security when it comes to individuals accessing installation. And I'm Captain Burkhardt. I'm the primary hand receipt holder for the Department of Army Security Guards, uh, make, taking care of all their equipment, make sure they have everything that they need to accomplish the mission. Great. Well, I appreciate what both of you guys do. Um, and I know that y'all have probably been extremely busy lately, huh? <laughs> Oh, oh yes, absolutely. Man. Every day. <laughs> it's always a battle. <laughs> All right. So um, we did do a podcast a couple of weeks ago talking about the initial suspension of Trusted Traveler. Um, and here we are doing it again. Can you tell me exactly why we are suspending Trusted Traveler again? Yes. The Army is conducting an audit across all installations to get an accurate count of the amount of personnel assessing our installations. So the overall purpose is to ensure that we have the correct manning requirements at each installation. Great. And then when exactly is this going to take place? The second suspension is going to take place between the 2nd of June through the 14th of June. So are there any changes or impacts that are associated with the Army-wide audit? <clears throat> yes. The majority of our population has a DOD-approved ID card that allows them access to the installation. This includes the families and dependents of our service members. The main change is that everyone assessing the installation uh, who do not have a, a DOD approved, they will have to get a visitor's pass uh, from our Visitor Control Center, or VCC. Both Fort Stewart and Hunter VCCs. And they're, op they're open both uh, uh, seven days a week from 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. Awesome. Okay, and then um, is there a process for our visitors to get a pass? Yes, sponsors, uh, either service members or DOD-affiliated employees can sponsor personnel to obtain access to the installations. Uh, sponsors work with the VCC to submit the required information to screen personnel to ensure they qualify for access to the installation. Once a pass is obtained, the visitor can use the pass at the gates as, as if they had a DOD-approved ID. Uh, we encourage sponsors to request the pass before their visitor arrives to expedite the process. Sure, yeah, because um, I know there's always a lot of question about, um, well, my visitor is arriving after VCC hours. How do I get them on post, you know, if their flight comes in late? Or, um, you know, th there's just always a bunch of questions swirling around the visitor right. passes. Yeah. So it's great to know, um, you know, you can come early with that person's information, correct? Just to get them a temporary pass yes, until they can make it to the visitor control center yes. during operating hours. Yes. Cool. Great. 
Good, good, good. Yeah, we talked about that a couple weeks ago, but you know, just to reinforce that, I think that's a really good, that's a big point. Um, so exactly what do you guys consider a DOD approved ID card? Yes, it's a common access card, uh, Defense Department issued testing cards, automated installation entry, or AIE system is what we call it, generated access badges. Uh, AIE generated paper passes and state issued driver's license or IDs registered in the AIE system. It is a driver's license that is not registered in the AIE system uh, and it will not grant access to installation. So you can't just use your driver's license alone. Um, therefore, that's why we have these other uh, ways of getting a pass. Great. And then um, just to touch on those AIE passes, you can actually now um, go online to request a pass. Is that correct? Yes, we do have the pre-online registration, which allows uh, the customer to register online, and they will have that opportunity to get a pass after being approved. So it has to go through a process, and if approved, then they will receive a text notification to let them know that they're allowed to come on the installation and pick up that pass. Cool. And then, um, so will it always be a paper pass that they have to pick up, or will there ever be an opportunity for someone to opt in to have that pass connected to their driver's license? Uh, we are still uh, going through the system and making sure that we are uh, doing the right thing, but at this time, we're doing only passes. Sure. Uh, and when we get to that point, we will most likely upgrade and go to driver's license as well and lane registration. Sure. So crawl, walk, run, yes, right? Ma'am. So crawl, we're, walk, and run. yeah, we are in the crawl phase <laughs> yes, right ma'am. now. Yep. Yep. <laughs> got it. Got it. Got it. So, um, are there any other, um, like ID card updates that you guys have? I hear, um, that soon we're going to return to pre COVID times, right? With mm. the youth in the vehicle, um, who, who needs an ID card? What, what is that age group? So that age group, uh, during the COVID uh, t- uh, timeline, it was 13 years old. Yeah. Uh, and now we're going back to 10 years of age having to have a DOD ID or CAC. Uh, individuals that are not affiliated with the installation um, that are 17 or, or older will be required to go to the VCC to pick up a pass after they you know, have been vetted. Captain Burkhart, can you tell me a little bit about um, – how long, what is the grace period for someone whose CAT card has expired to still be able to get through the gate? If their CAC has been expired for 30 days or more, they can expect their ID card to be confiscated, and they will be given an ID confiscation form that they can turn into the ID card section whenever they get a new ID card. Okay. All right. So it's not like somebody is in humongous. You hear the word confiscation, and it sounds like you're in the biggest trouble. But really, it's, hey, mm-hmm. the time has passed. Time to get a new card, man. Right, right. <laughs> okay. It's really commonplace because a lot of people don't check their expiration on their ID cards. Yes. Unless you're a DOD civilian like me and you get that pesky notification on your computer <laughs> every single day until your CAC expires, which is what I'm going through now. <laughs> and I also want to bring up um, something that I didn't realize when you go to renew your CAC is you can only do it within the 30 a 30 day window before your CAC expires. So if you're looking at your um, your ID card right now and it says that it's going to expire in August, you can't go right now to to re up that 
ID. You have to you have to wait for that 30 day window. Mm. That's something that I didn't know that right. I learned we, the we other have, day. We have guards in that same situation. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. So okay, well that's great information to have then um, to make sure that you guys are renewing your ID cards. Well, is there anything else that you would like to add about just access control in general? You guys have a tough job. Yeah, it is very tough. Um, we, we just like to uh, say to the community, you know, bear with us. We're trying to do what we can to make sure that we uh, uh, provide for the community the best way we can. We understand about the visitor uh, after hours, and we know that that's an issue sometimes. So that's why we're putting in place the pre-online registrations and then just, you know, pushing out information to inform uh, the sponsors to be uh, able to uh, take the time to get the, the information in, into the VCC on a timely manner. And what, in that case, you know, we can ensure that, you know, people are able to get on installation. So just bear with us and uh, thank you for everything that uh, you all are doing for us as well with, you know, um, Getting the word out. Getting the word out and, uh, you know, helping uh, just make this installation better. Awesome. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and thank you guys so much for helping us make the installation better. Um, I know that this has been a lot of information, and now the suspension of Trusted Traveler for the second time. Um, it's it's not new news to some people, but I know that a lot may see it as an inconvenience. But truly, it's all in the effort of making the installation better, the access control procedures better, you know, returning to pre-COVID times, right? All mm -hmm. those special exceptions that we had before, right. no longer. We got to go back to the way, you know, everything, all good things must come to an end, right? Yes, right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, make sure, y'all, that you are making you're getting your um, ca your ID cards updated in a timely fashion. Also make sure exactly like they said, um, there's nothing better in the trusted traveler suspension situation that you can do for yourself than just plan ahead. Please plan ahead. Um, do know it is just for two weeks. It is very temporary. Um, so I know it, some may see it as an inconvenience, but you know, it, it will end. <laughs> and again, just thank you both so much for being on the podcast with me. This has been some great information. Um, and that is it for this week's edition of the Mar Report podcast. This is Molly signing off. I'm Captain Jimmy Campbell with 3D 5th Military Police Battalion. Speeding is a significant risk factor for road accidents and fatalities. When drivers exceed the posted speed limit, they reduce their ability to react to unexpected situations and increase the distance required to stop their vehicle, resulting in an increased likelihood of crashes. The impact of a high-speed collision can be devastating, leading to severe injuries or fatalities. Speeding can also result in fines, increased insurance rates, and even loss of driving privileges. Be smart and arrive alive. This is Captain Jimmy Campbell with 35th Military Police Battalion, protecting the rock and the mark.